So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. today with some interesting views on some interesting topics so why don't you introduce yourself for us all right yeah cool man uh glad to be here um does this go on simultaneous with that or am I it is yes okay so uh, we're recording audio here video okay there. all right yeah. cool yeah I'm, i got boomer tech skills man <laughs> but uh yeah I'm, uh, today i'm gonna go by uh i'm gonna go by jim i should say jim today jim, i'm jim right. i'm jim it's our buddy uh, jim yeah <laughs> And uh, let's see, you just want me to give a quick background? And yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, so I was, um, I went to a, uh, went to a military academy and uh, anyway, uh, became an officer and did that for a little bit and I got out and um, this, this is, this is my journey, if you will, and how mm-hmm. I got to like. You know what we're the stuff we're talking about now. So when you say uh, military academy to officer, uh, what, where did you like? What level, I guess, was that? Oh yeah, well, like you have like you know Air Force Academy, West Point, Naval Academy, and so when you go there, uh, once you graduate, then you you're automatically like a commissioned officer. So like see, uh, you know, start off a second lieutenant and then okay. go from there. So did you go to West Point? No, I went to uh, I went to the Air Force Academy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so like also. Um, just to say how we met, um, we went and uh, I, I went to listen to you give a speech uh, where we where we met. They host uh, speeches or anybody can come up and give a speech about uh, the things that they're interested in or what whatever. Uh, you gave a very intriguing speech that uh, uh, was just full of um, things that I'm curious about and 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 obviously while I was sitting there listening I was like we've got to get him on the podcast and so after your speech I uh, introduced myself and asked you to come on and you were all for it so uh, we're we're gonna probably go into a lot of those things that you talked about Let's do it uh, a lot of controversial topics and uh, kind of uh, conspiracy Spiritorial topics, uh, a lot of things that are going on in society uh, today that either a lot of us are aware of or a lot of us aren't quite aware of. Uh, so you started off uh, kind of, you know, as an adult, 
went through military academy, uh, joined the Air Force? Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, it is the, like, you're in the military. Like, I mean, technically, if something, like, crazy happened, you could actually, you'd actually go, like, fight or, or be in charge of people, but uh, that's that's a rarity. You know, you go through there, you do your four years, and if you make it through, then you become an officer, and then you go do your thing. And uh, anyway, like, I, I did security, and uh, actually, I tried to actually go into another branch, but they had canceled all the cross-commissioning stuff like that. They just, they did it that year. Um, so I did the, my time in the Air Force. I actually was going to go into the Army because, um, you know, I was, I was, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was. I was yeah. American. Yeah. And I mean, and there's some good aspects from that, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's, which we'll get to, it's still part of that dialectic, the left right paradigm. But uh, in, in my view, and um, anyway, though, so that was during force shaping. And uh, that was under uh, Obama, which, as we'll get into, it doesn't really matter who's in. But anyway, they were, they were cutting uh, troops, cutting some funding, even though they didn't really stop anything. Um, but uh, so I was like, yeah, we can't take you right now. And they, they offered me something I didn't want. So I was like, all right, I'm leaving. I'm going to go do something in, like, you know, the federal service, like whether it be intelligence or law enforcement. And, uh, but in order, but, you know, prior to doing that, I was like, I need to add on to my education. So I went and I got a, a master's degree. And it was, uh, I started off in like criminal justice, criminology. It's like a mix. And, uh, it gives you a lot of stats uh, about things that most people aren't aware of. Right. And, uh, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, now granted, numbers don't always tell the whole story. Right. So there's there's more to it. You gotta it's more nuanced than that. You gotta look into it. But sometimes numbers can, you know, be pretty indicative of things and so I think it'd help if, you know, people just not just in the crime thing, but in various things. If you kinda most people, how, how do I put this? Most people, not that I'm anything special, but most people don't have a lot of info about things. Right. And then they form opinions about things generally based on what they've been, you know, programmed with uh, in television or whatever. But anyway, that, that gave me some perspective. And then uh, while doing that, they had a different program, so I changed because it was tailored. It was, you know, literally tailored for going into, like, federal service. And so a lot of my professors were, they were all former something, mm -hmm. um, whether it be, like, you know, what I mean, Pentagon, right, you know, right. certain intelligence agencies like the, the biggest ones, law right. enforcement, uh, uh, DARPA. I don't know if you've ever heard of DARPA, but yeah. some guy worked for, you know, anyway. Um, and so I, I, I did that, got out, and then uh, I was having health issues. I'd been having them for a little bit, but then they started to like really take over. And uh, I was able to work with a federal agency for a little bit. It was just an internship, so I didn't really do much. But what I did do is uh, I, I sat in court a lot, which was incredibly boring. But for those who think that the, the whole, like, you know, there's no, you know, the pedophile rings and human trafficking and blah, 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 it's, that's conspiracy. No, no. I saw it firsthand. I didn't know how, like, large it was, if you will, how expansive, and uh, as well as, like, who's actually involved in a lot of this. Did you but, see it firsthand as in powerful people? When, no, these, these are lower end. Well... So, well, they were attacked. Some of them were attacked. Were they invest? Were you? Were you? Did you witness investigations, or did you witness uh, people who might be involved in those kind of things? Um, in, in those areas, like people working in uh, federal areas, being involved in those things. Yeah, I, I was. A, I was around. You know, I just. I, I'll put. A, I'll put a story in there. Why not? 
And I just, because I, I, I told y'all, whoever's watching, the reason I'm doing all this, I got a, my, my neck's jacked up. So <laughs> I've got to turn your whole body yeah, just it's, to turn. It's bat. What is it? It's the one. Was it bat nipples? Was that bat four? The Clooney had the Clooney. bat nipples. Was it uh, forever? Yeah, Batman, Batman forever. forever. Yeah, with uh, with with Arnold. Yeah, with Arnold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to put you on ice. And uh, Uma Thurman is yeah. Ivy. Yeah. Uh, he's, anyway, I was like, I, man, I get off. You know, I, I told you, I go, I go, I go to places. So you're gonna tell a story about uh, uh, sex trafficking? Yeah, yeah, sex. Tra- <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this was a. Oh yeah, so okay, you asked me like, did I, you know, how how, how did I witness witness this? Most of the people I was around were lower level. These were just like just disgust. I mean. Appearances can be misleading, but at the same time, they can also tell you a lot about someone. And uh, I know there's like the stereotypical pedophile, and that's generally what I saw. And it's, I mean, it's just it was unbelievable. Like the most depraved-looking people you could ever imagine. But of course, what's nuts, and most people, I think we're aware of it, but most people don't realize like those people at the like really running those rings and pushing this stuff. Uh, yeah, they don't look like that at all. These are just like the like just I guess normal people that just lost their way. Some of these people, though. Um, were attached to you know various uh, cri- like transnational criminal organizations, um, and I'm not saying it was all pedophilia. It was more just like human trafficking, mm-hmm. but that's what comes along with that um, a, a lot of a lot of the times. But uh, the story the story that I have, and I'll, I'll try to be concise with it. Is so I knew this one guy, and he actually worked uh, for the postal service, and uh, and uh, and there was various agencies involved. So I I was more secondhand experience with a lot of this, like talking to people. But then I would go sit in court, and I'd have to listen. I mean, how a defense attorney could defend some of this stuff, like Alan Dershowitz. Right. Anyone knows who that is? Like you know, he, he's on air, like talking about like his job is like I'm going to get these people off, which is insane. And I don't know if y'all know who Dershowitz is, but uh, I mean, he's pretty much been the he was the attorney of uh, of Epstein. Oh, uh, he. Uh, um, you know, people. We'll get into left, right, as you're talking about. People are like, oh no, he talked bad about Trump. Well, he was Trump's attorney too. He was the uh, the attorney for the Rabbi Rubishkin, the um, uh, the the uh, four or five dancing Israelis um, for Jonathan Pollard, who was a spy for uh, so, our great friends. So over what there. you're saying, what you're saying is like, how could these defense attorneys defend yeah. people who are so blatantly yeah, disgusting? And the, the excuses they make, it's just it's beyond. Uh, it's and you of, got to see that kind of stuff firsthand. Yeah, yeah. And, but the, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the story, though, real. Yeah, I did see that firsthand. Unfortunately, uh, it's like I'm scarred from it, man. But uh, I'm not anywhere near as scarred as some of these guys because he worked for the Postal Service and he was in an, an investigatory role. And so what he did is any questionable mail, and I don't know how they judge that, which kind of scares you. I mean, it's good that they're catching bad things, but at the same time, like. You know, or how far are we extending this? Are we looking at everything that everyone? And this probably all stems from that event in September, would be my guess. Uh, but they would find packages of things, and then he would have to investigate them. And he would see uh, videos of the most vile things you can imagine, like not just pedophilia, but like snuff film pedophilia. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like this stuff's real. Right. Um. And uh, and in was, his position, he had to just check that stuff and let it go, or. But no, no, no. He they would have to watch it because then they would have to like give like a testimony. Like, like yeah, this came in this guy's mail, and they'd have to tell like either the attorneys or go to. I don't know how, exactly how they did it, but they would have to watch it to verify what's in it. And this, I mean, this dude. Was, and was it more prevalent than we can imagine? It happens mm-hmm. way more often. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
I would say, I mean, just because the average person probably doesn't think this stuff is real, right. or like, you know, hey, yeah, maybe some weird pervert out there or something. That's what they, you know, they, they think. But right. no, this stuff is a, it's a real thing. I mean, there's a thing back in the early 2000s where Interpol had this massive arrest. Stuff was coming out of like Eurasia, Eastern Europe. Um, where it was stemming from, I don't remember. Um, but then it was flooding over to Europe, and it was these just like, you know, pedophile slash snuff films. And there's a massive bust. And so, it, did, you would think that if this stuff is going on, and we have people uh, investigating it, and we're so aware of it, you know, people uh, in government being aware of all this stuff going on, is it not something that they're trying to fight down uh, and end? Or do they have... Uh, a reason for it to to keep going. Do, do do are there people in power who want these sex trafficking rings to exist for some reason? Uh, <clears throat> I would say because I I think everything is like layered, um, and I mean that in like in, I guess in 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 many respects. But like as far as like control of the world, and you hear about Illuminati and the elite and all that stuff and the pyramid. I think things are very layered, or you could you could use an onion as an analogy. Mm -hmm. But I do think at one level, or at a, a certain level, yes, there there are people that try to combat this, and and that, of course that's why I saw um, just your. I mean, I don't want to say average because your average person I don't think is into that stuff, but uh, you're um, just a, a some random regular ish dude. Um, you know, they're in court. Mm -hmm. Like I said, sometimes they'd be attached to uh, certain criminal organizations like, you know, certain cartels south of right, the right, stuff like that. Right. But they're, they're doing trafficking for not just that reason, that's part of it, but for various reasons. But um, most of these guys were, were uh, low end. But at, so fighting at that level, yeah. Um, at a higher level, I mean, you can look at, you know, Epstein. Right. You can look at Maxwell. You can look at her father, Robert Maxwell. Um, you can look at Jimmy Savile in the BBC. Um, attached to the royal family, uh, you can look at was it Prince Andrew right now, uh, part of the royals. You can look back. I think this guy's dead, but there was a. Uh, I think MI5 reopened the investigation on uh, Prince somebody, uh, Philip maybe. I can't. I, it's been a while, but um, yeah, like the whole royal family is involved. Um, then you have the Nexium cult. Really, wasn't a cult. It was like just human trafficking. Um, and where, where do you find this information? Um, well, uh, tonight, uh, I'm going to try to give, uh, s some good names and stuff, and then I'll give y'all to, you know, maybe I can, if I find some stuff, I'll send it to y'all. Right. But, uh, really... Like if you have any sources or anything, we can yeah. always, uh, use them and post them. Uh, but I mean, as far as I know, like, you don't use Google, you don't use, you know, you, you try to stay on, like, protected servers, right? Or, as, yeah, as much as possible. And, uh, so trying to find out so I mean like so here's here's my thing is I know <clears throat> I know that there's a lot of unpleasant truths to the world that a lot of people don't think about or pay attention to and I know that starting to like fall down the rabbit hole of, of those topics um, can lead you in a lot of different directions you know there's a lot of um, uh, stuff that's dismissed as conspiracy that turns out to be not only true but really impactful. You know, something I recently uh, was digging up with some Edward Snowden stuff because yeah. I had seen the um, Netflix documentary recently, which I think they did a great job on. And um, <clears throat> the scale 
of the uh, mass surveillance and the the uh, full scope of what they were able to do um, in terms of you know violating privacy and, and obtaining information that you know should should never have been able to be so easily obtained. It's like how how much they power they had in that, how much they had at their disposal. Like nobody knew about that. Nobody had any way of knowing about that and then whenever Edward Snowden blew the whistle you know um, people it was one of those reminders where it was like um, keep an eye on the government uh, agencies keep an eye on the government as a whole you know like they're not always they're not infallible you know what I mean no, yeah not at all <laughs> and so I think that that you know you obviously gotta take everything with a grain of salt there's stuff what's really that, weird is that like he was labeled an enemy, a traitor, yeah, a, a traitor to America. Well, who, and that that just goes yeah, to show like, how propaganda works. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like don't look at the government as bad. You know, look at the guy who's telling you the stuff that we don't want you to know as bad. You know what I mean? It's right. Just, and so it's how very elementary stuff? So, but then it opinion. becomes very apparent that they're hiding something. Mm-hmm. That's something that you know. But to somebody who doesn't know anything, like literally anything, and the only thing they've been told is that there is a traitor on the loose, then I can understand some animosity, and, and that's you know probably where a large portion of the dissenting opinions come from. But point being, uh, you know, there's also stuff that's completely ridiculous that people believe. Well, I want to know like for, who for, you know, thinks Snowden is a traitor. Um, I don't know who does today. I mean, they like, did portray him like that back yeah, in the day. They definitely yeah, whenever, did. whenever it first, uh, whenever he, the information first broke and like he first went public and everything, I can see why they would label him that way. But I don't know anybody that I've ever met who was like, yeah, yeah, Snowden's a traitor. No, not today. I mean, this has been going this has been going for years. Like eight, and years was that now. about eight or nine years ago? Was I think when, whenever the whenever like. It became a common conversation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Some like twenty thirteen, I think. So yeah, somewhere in there. I can um, see how like the the action of what he did, and, you know, and and revealing it. I'm uh, sure it was against the rules. but yeah. were those rules, you know, the uh, appropriate? You know, were yeah. they, did they did they protect things that maybe shouldn't have been protected? You, obviously, this this was a case where that that was true. You know, they, yeah. the the rules were set in place. Uh, it, from a from a place of self interest, from a place of protect the secrets. You know what I mean. It wasn't from a we will regulate ourselves and and uh, hold ourselves accountable. It's like y'all look over there and do <laughs> this stuff over here, uh, yeah. and then it turns out that, this guy you know, bad. That it was all screwy back there. So I say that to say that you know I'm I'm willing to hear anything out, and if it turns out to be you know verifiable or or, or I mean at least on the surface believable. Then you know I'm I'm willing to hear it out. Yeah. And when, um, when it comes to like the the sex rings and everything, people in power doing very disgusting things, you know, secret things. Um, I definitely see that as a as reasonable because it, it it seems like people in power are disgusting people. Like the those people high up uh, in government. Like I've never been the one to to trust those guys to it's just there's too many red flags and it's like dating somebody who has too many red flags you just don't you just don't do it Mm -hmm. and so like kind of uh trusting the government has never been something that i've uh been keen to do um and are, are we right in that you know should we 
should we be questioning our government? Is that... Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, 100%. Or, or should we just be like, oh, yeah, Snowden's a bad guy because they said so, or... Yeah, no, no, no. In, in every single instance of every single thing that ever happens, like, we should always question it and be like, is there anything else? Like, are there are there implications? Are there consequences? Are there, like, have, have we looked down the road? Like, did we see it from a different angle? You know what I mean? Uh, in, in at every step of the the way, definitely definitely question it, and are we able to hold them accountable in any way? Is there anything we can do uh, with with the information that you know? I, we, there's still so much more that you have to share, but with you know just the information that we know, the American people know, which it seems like. You know, day after day, more and more people are catching on to these things. Yeah. Like the disgusting people running our government. The more we catch on to these things, is there any? Do you see any? Are we gonna be able to hold them accountable at any time? Is there gonna be anything that we can do about it to stop it to change it? Um. Well, let's see. Um, and just real quick, go. I'm gonna. Uh, rewind real fast the VHS era but uh <laughs> the um another another one I forgot to mention is the uh, one one for folks to check out and you ought to check if you haven't heard of it the Boystown Nebraska slash the Franklin scandal um another uh pedophile ring right there and in, it's straight up involved politicians um so that's one to check out they actually had a documentary on it or no a, a news uh, I, I can't remember which news station but they did no discover I think it might have been discovery channel. They had something. You can still find it online. Um, but uh yeah they, they wound up like, you know, getting rid of it. Of course it, it never aired, but you can still find it. But is there something that we can do? Um I I think uh first off, like, you know, why why is some of this stuff taking place? I think a lot of it uh has I, I guess three things. One, I think that there is a um uh, I, you know, I kid you not, and you can uh check out like um uh, Information about MK Ultra. There's a group called True Stream Media. Uh, they're on YouTube and other uh, platforms, and they have a, like a three-hour documentary on uh, the MK Ultra program. And I think they're going to do another one. And uh, I'm not like I, I listen to them. I think they're pretty good. They're not like I'm, you know, a fanboy or anything, but I do think they have some good stuff. I mean, just like with anyone, you got your critiques, but they, it's called Minds of Men. Minds of Men, and that's a, it gives a lot of good info on MK Ultra. And I bring that up because it talks about like. You know various types of programming um, and programming individuals, and then you can also look at a guy named Dave McGowan, who's got some great books. One of them's like Scenes from the Canyon. Yeah. And then I've, there's a you know Dave. I've read it. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Okay. Well, and Scenes what? from the Canyon was insanely eye-opening. Okay. Okay. Insanely okay. awesome. Eye-opening. And and you know people, uh, I think pretty much who've done acid have know what know what MK Ultra is, but why yeah. don't why don't you give, Acid on acid though. <laughs> right? Why don't you give kind of like a, a brief summary of what MK Ultra is and, and kind of introduce that because we've never talked about that on a on an episode before. Okay. Um well, let me say real quick how it ties into this is um I don't know I can't he had a one book where he talked about the Phoenix program, which was basically creating like super soldiers and you if you've ever heard about Manchurian candidates mm-hmm. like assassins and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And you start checking out those assassins, and it's almost like, yeah, there's like a type of programming. They get, you know, something sets them off, and then they go do their thing. Um, and you see this also played out in movies. Um, and I think movies are 
kind of telling us something, not because they're good actors, but it's just they're softening you up to, to you know, what's going to take place or what has taken place in case you learn about it. But, uh, um, you know, that, that whole thing ties into um, uh, what I was saying earlier about this human trafficking and child trafficking. I think part of it is conditioning people, like, through torture, through trauma, like trauma-based mind control, which was studied at something called the Tavistock Institute um, back in, like, World War I. It's out of, uh, out of Britain. Um, but anyway, that, that's part of it. And then I'll get into the other, the other two parts of the human trafficking, which are, I think it's uh, various type of uh, occult rituals, and then the other part is, I think, mainly, I think it's mainly used for blackmail, political blackmail. Um, but we'll go back to that. Going back to the MK Ultra, uh, the way I see it, the way a lot of people see it is they just think, oh, like brainwashing. And uh, it is so much more expansive than that. It's uh, a massive, like, I think prior to MK Ultra, you have... Uh, Oh man, I'll always check this stuff out in case I'm off on something. I, I, like I, like I said, I'll always go try to look something but up. They were, they were doing a lot of uh, is it, is research it? into mind control yeah. and uh, brainwashing, and I think it was Bluebird. Is it Operation Bluebird? Yes, that as that, a precursor as to a MK precursor Ultra. to MK Ultra, and then they started MK Ultra. Right, and then it, there are massive amounts of subsets uh, of 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 or sub programs, and uh, essentially. While part of it was like, I mean, they, they did all kind of experiments. They they abducted people. They uh, you know they used uh, electroconvulsive therapy. Um, they put people in uh, like like your uh, your hyperbaric chambers or not hyper. What, what are the chambers? Sensory deprivation. sensory deprivation chambers. There we go. Yeah, sorry. And um, and then you know starved people did stuff with the lights. Um, I mean, you got stuff where they were like putting chips in people's heads, animals' heads. Um, like, what was it, uh, Delgado was one of them, and then you have Ewing Cameron, these are some of, like, the major scientists, you had McGill University, which was heavily involved, um, I mean, it, it encompasses, like, pretty much all, like, major universities, uh, like Stanford, uh, Stanford Research, um, and, and the list goes on, you start, when you really start to look at these, you see, like, how massive these, this program was, and then it's, it, it kind of morphs into, like, they, they looked into, like, uh, uh, even though you might see this on the History Channel, sometimes you'll get some truth from that. But they, I think it was called Operation Stargate, where there was like remote viewing and stuff of yeah. that nature. And there, are, I mean, there are actual government programs. It's just part of the under the MK Ultra umbrella that looks into uh, like the supernatural. Mm -hmm. You can find, I think, Stanford, Duke, and uh, one of the ones in the Northeast, um, Princeton, maybe or Yale. But they had their own supernatural research institute. But you'll see all these. Uh, like McGill, I believe, is in Canada. Um, but you see all these like uh, universities uh, um, and uh, various institutions, medical, psychiatric. Of course, they got people from prisons and did experiments on all kind of insane things. So was this like? Uh, do you think this is all driven by uh, nefarious mean, or is it research and the curiosity of? Yeah. So was this all done legally, illegally, uh, ethically? Ethically. No, no ethics involved. Right? <laughs> so, ethics, morals. Yeah, so testing on unwilling subjects. Would yeah. you say? Un well, you can look at like some of the early, because uh, a lot of people. Did, I didn't even know this until a, f a few years back. But MK Ultra ran like simultaneous with, uh, I guess, what's known as like the radiation experiments. And those went on just as long. And there's actually there were con matter of fact there were congressional hearings on MK Ultra. It was in the 70s. I think it was the Church hearings, uh, but you can still find it. 
Oh, maybe not, if not on YouTube, on BitChute, but you can find that they looked into it. They looked into another aspect of MK Ultra was uh, controlling the press. You said and on YouTube or... You, or you can check it out maybe on well, BitChute. Or, well, I don't know what that is. Oh, so. okay, just uh, BitChute's like a... And a lot of people might not know. Is that like some kind of uh, offshoot of yeah. YouTube that's not... that? Maybe people who want to keep their privacy and search history hidden, is that something they would go to? Yeah, it's supposed to be more First Amendment, freedom of speech friendly. There's okay. less censorship. I mean, you, you're going to find stuff on there that's, I mean, some of it is offensive. Um, but, you know, hey, you know, you either dangerous freedom or, <laughs> or, or have your tongue cut out. So I'll take dangerous freedom in, in that respect. And But I think a lot of the, like, the, the bad stuff on there, and it's really more just like the like comments. I think that's a lot of, like... Um, saboteurs, provocateurs, it, it's called Fed bait, if anyone's ever heard that term. It's basically federal agents, or to that effect, ADL, more than likely, um, putting out, you, you know, stuff like that, maybe pushing people to a, a certain uh, uh, mindset, or just try, or, or also uh, making an excuse, like, kind of like a type of false flag, if you will, where, hey, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to put all these awful comments. And I'm gonna say, hey, you know, look at look at how awful and vile this is. This should be banned. And then, of course, that justifies, oh, hey, we should ban. And, and there goes your speech. So it's kind of like a setup, but it's um, it's just called it, like Fed bait. Okay, I just wanted. Uh, cause but yeah, BitChute's a, a, an offshoot of a, or a, an alternative okay. to a YouTube. And there's okay. there's a few others. I don't know them all. I think Mines, um, and then there's a brand new tube. There's a couple more. I can't okay. think of them. Okay, and so. Uh, you know, to answer his question, exactly what is MK Ultra? Yeah. It's um, yeah. Sorry, I told you I, I no, go I go the roundabout way, you're man. Good, but just yeah. just flat out, what was MK Ultra? I think what it was, and um, and they had a big uh, operation. Um, uh, I think it was Operation Mockingbird. Um, it's been it's been a while, but anyway, what what it is that that wasn't the involvement uh, uh, of the of the press. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to look that up. I, I hate not being able to remember. But regardless, what it what it was, it wasn't mind control on a small scale. I think it was doing all of these various things, and it did run simultaneously with like radiation experiments and stuff like that. But I think it was about trying to figure out how to control the masses, how to influence the people in mass, not just creating super soldiers or assassins or doing things for so-called scientific research. Uh, and how are they going about doing that? Uh, well, like I said, they, they use people from prisons, they use people from uh, psychiatric wards. Uh, in in some cases, uh, you know, as test subjects. Yes, as te uh, yeah, unknowing, unwilling. I mean, there were abductions. There's allegations of a lot of child abductions. Um, which I think was taking place, and I'm not the only one uh, talking about. I brought up the Franklin scandal. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a guy named Johnny Gosh who was a part of that, uh, like what, experimented on. And what, what were the what were these experiments? The most disgusting things you can think of. Um, I mean, like when it comes to like trauma, like, and you can probably see this with anyone, and even if uh, anyone out there's has had some trauma in, in their life, it affects you, it impacts right. you. Um, so when I say like trauma-based uh, mind control, that, like I said, kind of started out of Tavistock. They were studying like shell, shell shock troops and seeing how this, uh, now that's more of a physical aspect too, you know, you're actually, you're shell shocked you from you the explosion. Your, you get your shit rocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, obviously seeing the horrors of war. So they're, that's kind of where it's, uh, I guess, founded in like, 
seeing how this trauma can uh, impact uh, somebody impact in the folks. long run. Yeah, and then so you 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 take that and you just uh, I guess you guess you put it on steroids then. Right. And, and so uh, so they were studying people. Uh, where, where did psychedelics come into play, and and did that come into play uh, as a experiment to control the masses? Uh, yeah, I would uh, I would say so. Um, Was there any ties like because so, when people you know people who haven't gone super deep into MK Ultra, uh, most people just know that psychedelics were involved in brainwashing and stuff like that. Um, what, why is it so today like psychedelics are uh, becoming very uh, popular yeah. in culture and they were in the 60s and 70s yeah. when you know uh, this research was going on and uh, uh, the CIA was doing these experiments on people um, was what, what do you think about psychedelics and, and the tests uh, with MK Ultra, the experiments there and how where we are today okay because um, a lot of you know you have the idea of psychedelics as being the uh, the key to freeing your mind and opening your mind to uh, uh, a more connected uh, society uh, like you you reach a higher plane of consciousness yeah um, is that was that part of the plan to to get people to to think that way, or did it backfire on them because we started thinking that way? Um, well, I've, as far as like the, I'm 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 burning up, man. Oh, I'm, I'm getting fired up over here. Sorry, you know, yeah, can't move my head. But uh, yeah, sorry, folks, all the sound. <laughs> Plus, I had some food in there. I think that y'all probably <laughs> heard that rapper. My bad. I'm I'm a noob at this, man. No, you're good. But um. Uh, Okay, so uh, as far as like the the psychedelics, um, so I I think the first people to get tested on like with the, the like psychotropic drugs, I think were folks in the, in the military, um, and there's a matter of fact there's still there's military members in court today still trying to get compensation for what they did to them because this isn't just I mean this isn't like a, a, you know something you're going and picking off a a tree or a bush or getting some fungus or whatever. Uh, or this is like you know derived from a fungus, but this is hardcore. Like they, I don't, I don't know what they do, um, but it's uh, massively more potent. And mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I think military were the first people, and then you started seeing it. Uh, there's evidence that they sprayed some town in France, and then you can look. There's a good movie called Jacob's Ladder. It talks about the BZ experiments, which is like incredibly powerful like you know LSD um, they use that on troops uh, and not just like the VC or, or North Vietnamese or you know the, the folks the South Vietnamese that we were like but also us you know American troops uh, there's also a book uh, I think mentions it but it has some great stuff in there it's by Annie Jacobson and she's a Pulitzer Prize winner so for those who are like oh conspiracies crap well this is you know an award-winning individual writes uh, DARPA the Pentagon's brain and it has a lot to do with uh, uh, at MK Ultra in, in Vietnam or Nam, however you say it. I say Nam, but um, it talks about a, a lot of the experimentation that takes place there. But as far as like the drugs, why were they doing it? 
Um, I think it was just like they're testing anything they can to figure out how to how to mind control people and uh, or to influence people. And they even the CIA even looked at uh, and this is a uh, you can find this. They looked at uh, they went and studied like shamans in various cultures in uh, in Haiti and other places, uh, South America. Um, I think they even went somewhere in, into uh, Africa, Asia, East Asia, Southeast Asia. Anyway, the point is they were looking at these various uh, cultures that have like your witch doctors, your your, your brujos, I think, um, and they, they studied that and say, okay, hey, they're using these drugs. They also put these people through trauma. A lot of times they think they might have died. They get like the Haitian zombie. That's a real thing. They're not actually zombies. Um, but So they put them through trauma, which was part of impale, tor torturing people, all kind of deprivation type stuff, uh, sleep deprivation, sen uh, sensory deprivation, uh, and then just straight up like beating well, people even, at times. Even the psychedelic experience can be pretty traumatic. Yeah, if, if you, you have a bad trip. If you don't know how to, I don't believe in bad trips, but okay. if you don't know how to handle the information that comes in, it can be pretty traumatic. Um, but go on. But, so uh, putting people through trauma uh, and learning maybe patterns of uh, response and and uh, long-term effects into uh, maybe even like Manchurian candidates or even like uh, there was one book about I forgot who wrote it but it was about um, Charles Manson being a uh, yeah and that CIA. mentioned in McGowan's book I th I'm off on that I, can't uh, I I'm not sure it was I think it was kind of hinted at. It yeah. was, I don't think he went too far into Manson, but there is one book that just came out recently. It's called Chaos. I forgot who the author was. Sounds but, familiar. Um, he goes very... He's been studying uh, Manson for uh, about 20, 30 years, and um, uh, you know, a lot of what he discovered was that um, Manson was a CIA... Yeah. Uh, was co-opted by the CIA, uh, you know, taken out of uh, out of prison and studied and experimented on all the LSD that he was giving you know his family yeah. uh, was all supplied um, to him and uh, a lot of like what was going on in the 60s and 70s was a result of like CIA experimentation yeah. uh, when you had Timothy Leary was involved Perfect, yeah. um, and even, McKenna, the mushroom, uh, mushroom man. Even all of the uh, the bands that were coming out of like Southern California at the time, all in Laurel Canyon, um, had military ties. All of their parents were tied in with uh, different intelligence agencies and military organizations. Um, so all of those, you know, '60s rock stars, even '70s rock stars. Uh, they think that they were a part of a large experiment. Um, and, and like so for me when when we talk about these things uh, my biggest question is why why um, right like why why I, I mean I obviously definitely why be, mainly because like <clears throat> we have a uh, long and uh, you know for lack of a better term pretty much verifiable history of uh, needing to make sure that we keep an eye on what's going on uh, with the government and behind closed doors and with, you know, just the people who control where all the pieces are moving. Um, why? I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, I feel like 
easy to jump to conclusions on that one, but I feel like the 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 biggest the where all the arrows are just going to keep pointing to is just the incentive that any governing body has to have more control. You know, control. You know, power. Um. What's what's some more stuff that you know, like just the lay person who doesn't uh, go out of their way to look behind the curtain? What what's some what's some more stuff that we'd want to not not necessarily look into historically, although that is you know always interesting for conversation. But stuff that's going on right now, you know, you already brought up some stuff about like modern day uh, human trafficking. What's some other stuff that, and I mean, it doesn't have to be government and related. What's some other stuff that's going on that, or like even you big tech? People, you had some ideas about big tech and what's going on. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very worried about big tech. Why is that? Well, uh, who who I think um, is <clears throat> behind big tech. I mean, I guess it's the same that I think is, is behind uh, everything. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, why about MK Ultra? Well, you know, controlling controlling the masses. Um, uh, why? Because there's, I think, a certain group or groups uh, entities uh, of, of of people that uh, want to rule the world completely. And I, mm-hmm. it, that might sound like insane to some people, um, but no, it's. I mean, I, I'll I'll throw out, if we go into it, I'll throw out some sources. But, um, I mean, it was just, it, the whole thing was a big experiment to figure out, hey, how, how can we control people? How can we push them a certain way or this way? And um, anyway, like, as, as far as, uh, as big tech goes, so I think like, those same people... Hold on. I'm, so even before we jump into big tech, I'm okay. still super curious, and I want to kind of stay on, like, uh, subjects while I still have, like, uh, questions about... Okay. So, um, Timothy Leary... And uh, you said Terrence McKenna. McKenna. Uh, these so the people, guy from the Doors. Do what? With the Jim Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Jerry so Garcia. These people being co-opted by the CIA. Um, but when you when you think about these people, uh, Jim Morrison, you think of Terrence McKenna, um, or uh, Richard Albert, or uh, Ram Dass, as he was later known, uh, Timothy Leary. All these kind of people. Um, would express the idea that psychedelics are a danger to the government because they open our minds to think freely and question, which as somebody who has a lot of experience with psychedelics, I definitely uh, can um, accept that narrative because in those places, in those trances, uh, states of mind, um, you do start to question a lot of, you know, everything, everything, and, and being controlled, and so, <clears throat> you know, Terrence McKenna definitely spoke about it a lot, I'm actually, I'm a huge fan of Terrence McKenna, um, the, the psychedelic drugs, the narrative that we understand now is that they were fought down, they were destroyed and made illegal because the government was afraid of people thinking freely and um, questioning the government. They didn't want people questioning the government open, openly. 
Um, so they made psychedelics illegal. Yeah. But if that's the case, then why would they allow Timothy Leary and Terrence McKenna to speak so openly uh, about the positive aspects of psychedelics and questioning your government? I'd like to volunteer the idea that maybe nobody is actually in control and maybe there's just a whole bunch of people that are just knocking over huge sets of dominoes just to see where that domino effect leads them, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I I I think that the idea that there's like that the government is is so powerful that it's controlling everything or the like idea puppeteers, yeah, bullet well, strings I mean, in every aspect. I, I do believe that there's definitely um long strings that reach to the top of, you know, people in very high places, you know, making stuff happen here and there. Uh, but I also think that a lot of it is beyond the scope of human control. I think a lot of things just like, like, for example, like, like how we were talking about the social dilemma, how big tech developers didn't say, I want to take over the entire world. They said, I want this, I just want people to spend more time on my app. I want people to spend more time on the programs I develop. And that self-interest and greed developed into this huge snowball effect where there were unintended consequences and you know, you have you interviews with, with these with these developers who are just like, I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that. Yeah. You know, so I don't think that there's this like I I don't assume that there's some nefarious but also brilliant like League Schemes of Villains right, type right. type of, of cast that's like I want the world to move in this direction and so I will press this button and this chaos will happen and then it's all going according to plan. You know, I feel like I feel like that character exists in in a more realistic fashion in, in terms of like you know greedy uh, 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 businesses and and um, you know other like like we say big tech you know just things that got really big uh, way become, at, a, at an unprecedented weight uh, unprecedented rate without having any scope of the consequences well did they become machines of their own like those those industries like big tech does it become its own machine that yeah it is at a certain at a certain point it, I mean it's more powerful than a lot of countries like when we talk about like Google and, and, and like uh, Facebook and right. you know what I mean so it's um, you know the, the, the I feel like human beings and society and culture can be influenced but I don't believe that it can be controlled and I don't think that there's a, I think that there's a lot of stuff that just like gets gets the sticker of like you know big government knew exactly what was going on and, and, and this is all just a plot because it, it, it helps people feel less scared about what they don't know because now they feel like they figured it out. And I think you we talked I mean? about Does this. Does that make sense? No, I guess. I think we talked about this before. It's mostly uh, driven by self-interest and, and greed and, and the dollar. And a lot like, of, the, how, a lot how of are these we unintended people, consequences. Yeah. How are we going to get people to consume more of our products and how are we going to uh, hoard all the money from it? Um, but then, but then we turn around and look at the exact same time and there are definitely, again, there are definitely examples where it's like, Okay, yes, there are people who kind of oopsie into like, you know, some very impactful, some might say harmful effects on society as a whole. But then there's also stuff where it's like, no, we did that on purpose. 
and it's working to our, and it's working to our advantage. Right. Well, no, no, no. To, to to some nefarious agenda. You know what I mean? I'm saying like there there are examples of that where that is that is right. Real, you know what I mean? Where corruption is real. And but but that could just be under the label of greed and self interest, right? Or is it, in fact, wanting to control the world? Um, I think I think it depends. So that's that's what I was I was curious to to that's kind of where I was going with that that set of questions is kind of like what's some more stuff that has definitely raised red flags that we can maybe discuss that is you know see how convincing it is see see where we stand on that because you, know I mean? you are of the mindset that there is a, a I saw cabal a very, of people yeah I saw I saw a very interesting piece of equipment that um, you came in with and that was your phone. <laughs> Your, oh, your yeah. flip phone. Do you want to show the camera what? what this yeah. is the real phone that he carries around. Oh yeah, folks. Why not? <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Watch. Flip it open. It flips open. What? <laughs> and it's not the Samsung flip. It, it now, why that fold? Because I see that there's. A, is there a camera on it? Yeah, there is. I just keep it down. <clears throat> okay, so or put something over. There's it. a camera on it, and there's a mic on there's it. There's a mic. Yeah. So why that phone? Uh, I mean, does it like give me like? protection against everything no it's just uh well what what's special about it is it just a well i can i'm sure you can turn the internet off uh on that but um i mean i shut that down and you know the tracking you know there's, there's no apps on there mm -hmm. so they're, they're going to track you through all the apps and your phone ah, shoot anyway your phone itself just uh i was watching a a study that was done and uh or actually it was i think it was a, a newscast actually that uh your phone was off. One phone was off, and one phone they had it on the airplane mode, mm -hmm. and the whole time you're being tracked. Matter of fact, on airplane mode, it was worse than on normal mode, which mm -hmm. is insane. But uh, even when your phone is off, and this was another news program that did this, so you, you might get a little bit of truth out of out of media, a little bit. Um, but they were looking at uh, um, uh, an NSA program that. Uh, Anyway, when your phone, even it's off, it, it constantly is sending out, and, and when it's on especially, but you're, it's constantly sending out like certain radio frequencies, mm -hmm. and there's an NSA program, and it's kind of like a, another great whistleblower is a guy named William Benny. Uh, he's the guy that like, I guess found or invented, I don't know how you term it, uh, metadata, which was like the, uh, eventually I think stuff that uh, Snowden uh, kind of exposed on how the NSA collects data, and now mm -hmm. it's something bigger yeah, than metadata. Yeah, yeah, right. But, uh, I think y'all might have mentioned something similar to that on that the podcast I watched, but uh, um, anyway, yeah, I mean it's um, it just it, it kind of helps from from I'm to still giving minimize, them you're yeah. trying to minimize the uh, the data that they can collect Ex on you. exactly. So they're not seeing everything that I'm searching. I'm sure they yeah. still want to pick up my calls. I'm sure they can. Mm -hmm. It just it just helps. It just, it helps. Is it uh. It's a preventative, but it's not a cure. Just like when this, you mentioned earlier, like I don't use Google. No, never will. Uh, like I, I recommend using Brave or Tor. I recommend like DuckDuckGo. Does that mean that these things haven't been infiltrated? Or right. I mean, you know, it, it, it they could be Trojan horses for all I know. Right. But um, based on everything that I've seen, it seems a little bit more secure. I care a little bit more about your privacy. Uh, I think it helps. Of course, I have heard. Uh, for many people in the past, that you know, once you get, once you download Tor, uh, you're going to be on a list, so to speak. So, I don't, I don't know. Now Tor is like a 501c3 or whatever it is, uh, uh, like nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, who knows? If you know so, anything about non, oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, you go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, like, a lot of nonprofits and NGOs are basically just 
they're just like government operations. They're just fronts. Uh, so it's a uh, that's that's kind of concerning, but uh, for a tour, but I don't know, it's just it's just mitigation. It's really so the, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so, so it sounds like you're not the guy that agrees to the terms of service. Not at all. And <laughs> I, I'm the type of guy that would read them, and but I can't agree to this, and so I wouldn't purchase it. Or you know, I'd return well, it, or that's so why I, I don't even. I hate being around tech. I mean, I hate being around tech. Tech's not inherently evil. We could do look. Look what we're doing now. Like we're putting this out there. So there's obviously good things about tech, but it's you know the people that control it, if you will, like and how it's being used, or those that co-opt it. So that's the that's the problem. Yeah, and it sounds like I mean. It sounds like you know while I have a device that's sending just like. Tons and tons of information, like this bright, shining beacon of free information for big tech. Uh, you have a much more narrow stream. So while you may be contributing, you make less of it. Let you 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 rock the boat a lot less. It's a it's a much more minuscule stream of of much more protected information. You know, there's still the the whole like, are they can they still access my mic? Can they still access? Oh my yeah. Mic? You know, there's still the 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 like the vague concern, but. Yeah, uh, so so you chose the the Flintstones phone because yeah. <laughs> pretty much because, because well, uh, yeah, so, but so. but no, it makes sense. So, with that being said, you know you you don't like to participate in like apps and stuff like that. You like you'd rather use what sounds like like encrypted services or, or protected services in some way. Yeah. Um, so you definitely don't like to to give up your data. No, I'm not a fan. Because then so they form profiles on you. Is the the danger of because you know people there there are the people of the mindset who's like, well, what do I care? I'm just that's, little. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to I'm, say. I'm the I'm the little you know, Joe Blow. Like nobody cares about me. Why does it matter if they have my data or that nothing they can listen? Hide. They can yeah, I have nothing to hide. Yeah. So uh, they can look through my mic. So they can hear through my mic. I have nothing to hide. But the bigger picture is um, we're finding out now that uh, with the data that they're collecting, they are able to control what we see. Mm -hmm. um, there's algorithms that, uh, are, that are made to uh, keep people in bubbles uh, of ideologies. And um, it's dangerous when you get people... Uh, to stick to their ideologies, and they're stuck in these bubbles, in these echo chambers, because uh, they're they're picking up, you know, what what kind of videos does he like to watch? Oh, they're conspiracy stuff. Oh, they're left wing stuff. Oh, they're right wing stuff. Let's only feed them right wing stuff. Yeah. Let's only feed them left wing yeah. stuff. So that's what the the data and the the no privacy means is now that they can show us only what they want to show us, and they can dictate our lives and our actions um, and we see a lot of you know uh, people you know get worked up over politics of course like it's it's this huge battle and is it the case that everything is getting so ramped up and crazy at the moment is because they have accessed all our data told us who to be what to be and how to Act. Is that the case, and is that the danger? And I'd like to volunteer the alternative perspective that Absolutely. not only is is that the case, but it's 
the case that it can be essentially it's a it's a neutral system that can be exploited by the highest bidder, essentially is mm-hmm. is, is how I interpret it. Mm-hmm. But but yes, yeah, so. and and would you say that is the end game? Is that the goal? It to is that the reason they're harvesting our data to pit us against each other, let us annihilate each other, or what is the end game? Or just to make money? Is it is it is it just money? Is it self interest in money, or is it the the global cabal of people uh, wanting to control the world? Yeah, I think that uh, like tech is simply a, like a tool for for the establishment. And like we you know we talked about government. I don't think that any government, at least these days, is actually. Uh, in control of their their country, they, at some level they might be, but I do think that there are there are powers above all of that. Um, but yeah, I see tech as a tool. So like presidents and prime ministers and stuff puppets. are just puppets. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh-huh. so there is definitely definitely like an, a, a premium elite like supreme. What is it like? I guess like the a circle of is the it, pyramid. Is it, is it like families? Like powerful families? Is it like um, like give us give us a mental picture of, of who's steering the ship? I guess. Okay. Well, and, and are they are the people Satan? steering the ship? <laughs> is are it the, are Lucifer? The, yeah, yeah, I, I would say go to the, the, the top. Evil? Yes, I would think that would be the very top. But if we're just staying within like the the the, the human realm, this realm, mm-hmm. not going into the spirit realm, then. Uh, yeah, like the, the kind of the way I see it, and uh, there are agents of Satan, as you will. The the people at the capstone, or if Satan is the the capstone, uh, just below him are agents of Satan, if you want to call it that, um, and then below them might be like the presidents and prime ministers. Oh uh, well, I would kind of put it like. Uh, you know, y- y'all have talked about like, is it, is it is it for money? I mean, I think that the people that pull the strings in this world, I think it's to a point now where money's irrelevant because when you can just print off money ex nihilo, you know, out of nothing fiat currency, like they can print off whatever they want, and mm-hmm. it's all at interest. So mm-hmm. I mean, they're set. And then if anything happens, you know, oh, this company failed, this failed, then mm-hmm. uh, what's it matter? Because our tax dollars are just going to go to bail them right out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's president. All presidents, Obama, all of them. Uh, for those on the on the left side, guess what? He had nothing but banksters, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America in his cabinet, and it doesn't change. It doesn't matter who's yeah, president, left or right. Yeah. like we've discussed, yeah. left wing, right wing, they're part of the same bird. Yeah, same, so. same, yeah, same bird or same coin, um, two sides of the same coin. But yeah, so I don't know if y'all have ever heard of anything called like Fabian socialism, but it's basically like okay, never so, heard that term. Okay, so it's it's a group, you know, check it out, but they're basically, I think that their motto used to be like the tortoise, I think they might have changed it, or like a, a wolf, or wolf, I, I don't always enunciate, I got an accent, but a wolf in sheep's clothing, um, but um, it's basically like collectivism for the elite, and so what they do is like, hey, we're very powerful, we're very, very powerful, and this may even kind of intertwine with the theory of like certain families throughout history who have, you know, immense power and all this Rothschilds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I do think, like, I think the Rothschilds are the most powerful entity on this planet. Um, just, the, they're, you know, hundreds of years of banking. I mean, there's no telling how many trillions of th- they're worth, uh, tr- hundreds of, tr- this insane amount of money. But, um, yeah, you got a whole bunch of really wealthy people that say, hey, let's consolidate. Let's, let's, let's you know, uh, monopolize even more. 
and uh, you know we're going to, to essentially control. If we put our power together, we can virtually control everything, and uh, that, that's that's kind of at at one level. That's kind of how I see it is. But talking about like global entities, you have something called the. These are the good things that for people to check out, like the the World Economic Forum, which is. Uh, very crucial to what's taking place right now and dictating like what world governments are doing for this you know so-called pandemic, um, and then you have the the Bilderberg uh, group which takes place every year. Um, you have obviously the UN that's you know, more governments, but uh, you have um, and then you have like your global banking system, the Bank of International Settlements, the International uh, Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and then you have your like your, I guess your top three reserves would be the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve, and then the uh, the Bank of London, which is like the separate city, London within London, and then you have um, uh, the EU Central Bank. Um, so it's controlling money, controlling the world. Yes, essentially. Is it, is it that the goal is to con establish control, or is it that it's being controlled actively, and there's another goal or set of goals that we need to be more aware of? Uh. I think I think for the people that I think are pulling the strings, and I think there are different factions. I, but I, I have a personal view of who is on top, um, and we can get to that, or maybe another time, because that's a whole can of worms. Um, but um, I I think that their goal, uh, they may have a different end goal, but I, I do think that the overall goal for these uh, you know fact this one faction in particular, um, but. Um, I think what they want to do is uh, cull the herd, depopulate the earth, um, and then, uh, I mean, why? Well, uh, it's just, it's a lot easier to control a lot less people. Um, and then for the for what's left over, it's basically enslave the rest. So, so... And using technology to do that um, helps in that, like basically global communism, if you will, uh, with high, you know, advanced technology, like you know, be, I see. be a techno a global technocracy is what it would be. I see. So, so let's. Um, hmm. So we. Yeah, continue. I'm gonna use the restroom real quick. We already understand um, pretty much objectively that there are pretty much too many humans already. Um, <coughs> Like on the on the 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 population growth rate is unsustainable essentially uh, when you compare it to the to the amount of resources that we have and the way we consume them um, to the point where things that would naturally replenish themselves you know things like like fish and and um, you know consumable animals and 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 uh, crops and things like that. Um, where our our consumerism and our environmental impact has um, fuck where was I going with this? What are you saying? Oh well, yeah, oh yeah. We so so. Nope, I just had it. It was just on the edge of my tongue. We're gonna have to back up a little bit. So okay. what what is the last thing that we said before that? Uh, well, we were talking about um, like kind of some of the, the global entities uh, that at least I think have immense power kind of pulling the strings uh, without getting too specific and then uh, talking about the, the banking system which is you know the, the, the engine for that um, uh, 
Yeah, I lost my train of thought while you were gone. As soon as you got up, it was just like, it was going, it was going, it was going, and then... We'll just edit. We don't edit. No, no, no. Everybody's going to hear you lose that. I do that like at least once an episode, though. Dude, it's impossible not to, man. But, so, this population you said they wanted oh, to increase Oh, oh, I remember population. now. I remember. Usually I, remember. I have to start recalling okay. things and then Isaiah's like, oh yeah. There's an incentive <laughs> is what I, where I was going with that is there's an incentive to um, depopulate. Not necessarily depopulate, but to make it so that there are less people. There's a... there's a To uh, enslave There's a, well, a well, small... But not, not... Okay, so this is where I was going with that is there's a logical incentive... <clears throat> For the benefit of humanity to make it so that there are less people. Not necessarily by killing them. Yeah. But to make it to murder, where but... like like how Japan does it, where where essentially they just don't have a lot of babies and then when all the old people die they have more babies and then Bless you. <laughs> Alright. So, so you anyway, only get three after that. So, so I could understand why it would definitely be concerning if if um, there are evil people who want to kill a lot of people so that they could enslave them, obviously. But I challenge that with the idea that it might not be so bad if there were fewer people done in an ethical way where just old people die and young people and we're don't more have conscious a of, whole bunch of babies that yeah. we, we can't environmentally sustain and then we you know we lead these awesome meaningful lives and just not so many people have so many babies and um, that that's not evil that's not nefarious no, that sounds logical but what so but but your your um, alternative is that there's actually evil people that want to actually kill people so what are some of the ways that they have done or might initiate that uh, process Okay. That we should know, like now, or at least like have on our radar. Well, from uh, so so we'll have some disagreement here. So from from my take, kind of what you just said almost proves the point. I think that a lot of the information they put out there is uh, absolute lies. Like for instance, overpopulation. That's a notion that's been pushed for hundreds of years. Um, hundreds. Oh yeah, it goes way back. Um, let's see. Uh, they're called Malthusians. I think it's. Uh, I can't think of his first name. I want to say Robert. I could be wrong, but Malthus. But yeah, this. I think he was out of the the British Royal Society. But you can just check out Malthusians overpopulation. Uh, so that's not. It's not a new notion. Um, there are massive like swaths of land in this world. Massive. There's so much land that it's. Uh, it's almost unbelievable. But are you aware of how much of that land has been? Um essentially deformed from its natural state either been it's, it's either been uh taken up as farmland taken up as uh you know from logging deforestation drought uh, other human related environmental impacts that were not intentional but rather unintended consequences of a very destructive lifestyle i mean and a large population does does that factor into that as well or is are you saying that yeah yeah i'm talking about, i'm talking about virtually like untouched land like you can go like to places in africa where i mean <laughs> you're talking places larger than texas you can go to the south america you can go to canada has tons of untapped land mm -hmm. but I mean, is it unlivable no you can live there 
So I was um, especially with like the rise. Like I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because there's a it's called it was called the Wager of the Century, and it was by uh, I want to say Paul Ehrlich and some other cat I can't remember. But long story short, if you if you research Wager of the Century, so there was this one guy who was like a depopulationist, and then he went into the whole climate thing. And if you if you paid attention, I mean I don't you're what is a depopulationist? Uh, virtually a eugenesis is really is really what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you you need to go basically the kind of the way I see it. It's eugenics, like for the elite, and dysgenics, if you will, for the masses. But a depopulationist is, I, I guess that's a, a broader term. But uh, yeah, someone who wants to depopulate, um, basically like that. But the the who wager... wants less people or who wants to kill people is what I'm trying to distinguish. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be murder. It, it can, for instance, be convincing them not to have children. So, therefore, you're not having offspring. So, you're not killing them. Or something, and to go back to the whole counterculture, tying in with MK Ultra and a lot of the operatives who people thought were, like, out there, you know, fighting the establishment when they were actually the establishment or co-opted by them at the very least. Um, uh, abortion was one of those things that was pushed. Mm -hmm. Um and something great that people need to check out, it's called the Jaffe Memo or the Bernard Berylson document. And it talks about, this is a Rockefeller Population Council uh, writing a letter to the head of Planned Parenthood or vice versa. And anyway, they're talking about um, depopulation. You can also look at something called, uh, I think it's called Altering the Images of Man uh, from uh, uh, Stanford Research Institute. And it also goes into the whole climate narrative and depopulation and, and pushing all this stuff. Another great one to check out is called the Club of Rome. Um, they their first writing. They only had one. I think they wrote something like maybe if five ten years ago. But their first writing talks about pushing a climate agenda in order to depopulate. But I bring that up because when you look, it started with depopulation and then it went to global cooling and we're going to have an ice age and then it went into uh, we're, uh, it's it's heating up and then it went to the ozone layer and then that didn't work so then it went into uh, you know we're going to burn up with uh, with the global warming and now it's just climate change and of course you hear now like climate extreme climate change or climate turmoil or all these various trigger words that people have been conditioned with conditioned with hence the uh, MK Ultra uh, you know programming that was mm, kind of used to condition people and that's why part of that program was um, using the media. Uh, to, uh, to condition the masses, and so it's it's kind of where it's 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 kind of starting to tie together. So but, uh, you just to just to make sure I understand this. So, are you saying that the only reason people are even concerned about the environment and about the population, um, the 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 uh, topic of overpopulation, things like that? Um, you're saying that that's all actually nefarious and placed there on purpose to create the um, environment that would allow those elite forces to come in and and depopulate to cull the population, as you put it. Is that is that what you're saying? So the so these events, these um, stories are placed in front of us, uh, you know, for us to to believe to to essentially set the stage for them to. Do this. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you hit okay. the nail on the head. It's like basically, uh, you know, we've been conditioned to accept certain things uh, uh, and maybe thinking that we're being virtuous or good when in reality, I mean, you're, you're doing exactly what they, they want you to do. And, it, and it's not for anything that's good. 
Um, I mean, you can, like, UN Agenda 2020 and UN Agenda 2030 and UN Agenda 21. Um, check good things uh, to check I've, out. I've heard of some of these. Yeah. So um, these are real things on their website. This, yeah, this is not conspiracy. I've I've heard of, I've heard, definitely heard of some of these. I've actually read some of these. Uh, not any time recently. Nothing that I could quote. But um, I'd like to like to zoom out on on the specifics and go more towards the I guess logical principles. So um, the first. So again, just to just to make sure I understand you. Don't think that there's too many people on the planet, Not and you don't think that the uh, that human activity has contributed to um, climate change. First of all, and second of all, to dangerous conditions and uh, things like depleted resources, uh, depleted uh, livable land for native populations of animals. You know, mass extinction events, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Things that, that are allegedly verified by the scientific community, the medical community, et cetera, et cetera. You're, you're saying that essentially, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially it's bullshit. Uh, yeah, I mean, so okay. many words. Okay. Um, like I said, like the, the wager of the century, uh, they had a bet, Ehrlich, and then the, the, the other guy. I, I, from This is going back a ways because I hadn't looked at stuff in years, but Ehrlich was basically like, yeah, you're going to overpopulate. Uh, and uh, this is bad. So they, they took a specific region, and uh, they set up these these criteria. What was the region? Uh, I do not remember. It was, it was a developing nation, so like not first world, not third. You know, like I guess second world is a developing country. I think it was. I want to say it was somewhere in Asia, maybe the Philippines, around there. But anyway, long story short, what they did is, you know, er, I think it was Ehrlich, but whoever the depopulationist was, he was like, okay, this. Uh, you know, this place has too many people. It's it's gonna fail. This place is gonna fail. They need to stop having children. And China stopped having kids, knocked it down to one, right? But guess what? They couldn't replace their workforce, so they're like, okay, you gotta have two now. That, that's one. But then two. That's who, controlling the population growth rate, though. Well, yeah, but then all of a sudden they were in a crisis, just like Japan's in a crisis. They don't have the population to fill those roles. So then what happens? Do you bring in people from from without? Well, then they're. I mean. You know, yeah. J- J- with Japan, they don't they don't want to do that. Uh, they want Japan to be Japan. So if you're bringing in, uh, I don't I forgot what their their name is for. They have like a certain name for like I think a big nose white people. I can't think what it's called, but I can't think of the name. But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean that that kind of makes sense because in, in this world order that we're that we're going to. Uh, it's good by individual people groups. It's good by cultures. It's yeah. Why? Why is it good by this? Well, that's that's what's. I mean, that's an, an inevitable outcome. If you know, for instance, if Japan cannot, uh, you know, if they can't go to work, if they don't have en- enough people in there, enough Japanese people, which Japan's like ninety nine point something nine uh, percent Japanese, if they don't have Japanese people to to go to work to you know to plow the fields or whatever, then uh, either the country collapses or here comes a whole bunch of people from you know who knows where all of a sudden coming over here. It's not Japan anymore. Um, and that, that is, uh, like the erasure of, of, of borders is, is part of the agenda and, and the reason I'm not sure. Okay. So this is the part that I'm stuck on. Okay. I'm not sure how the, um, okay. So, so I'm not sure how the, the population rate of Japan what that has to do with the erasure of borders? Are you saying that if Japan ends up relying on essentially immigration to fill the gaps in population, that that is, that's 
that that equates to the erasure of borders? You don't think that they'd stay like uh, like the USA does, just rely a little bit more heavily on immigrants for a little while if that becomes such a dire point of the crisis? Uh, you, don't, you don't think that that's more like a just kind of justifiable and understandable course of events, but but that it will directly contribute to things like the erasure of, of culture, like the, the mass subjugation of, of, of these uh, unique individual groups and things like unique individuals and groups is what I meant to say. And, so, and what I'm also thinking is this part of the, the grand scheme to tie everything into one culture, into one world government, as uh, many people are familiar with that term. Yeah. Is that is that the end, the end goal? <coughs> uh, so... You have these elite groups of people who uh, who have all of these different ways to, uh, you know, uh, depopulize uh, the planet, uh, erase cultures, um, and you got this, like, you know, wanting to erase borders and uh, create one currency that we can all live under. These are all Digital. kind of... Uh, yeah, and... Uh, so it's the the end game is to have one world government under uh, a wealthy few who who control everything. I guess I guess the argument here comes down to: Do you think Thanos was a bad guy or not? <laughs> <laughs> was 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 Thanos wrong? Oh uh, no! Uh, and I mean, again, obviously, obviously, we would never even dream about endorsing like genocide to that scale or anything like that. But. Um, I'm I I am personally having some trouble drawing connecting some of the dots that you seem very you know confidently having connected already. But you know again I haven't consumed some of the same information that you've consumed, so I'm sure that I need to look in. I you you've given us a billion sources that I'm gonna definitely have to do my homework on. Right. Uh, and I don't I don't I don't <clears throat> have anything to say immediately on what's you know definitely true or definitely false. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I personally disagree about the some of some of the things that we've talked about. Yeah. But I, no, I, that that's not to say that you know, like I, I I'm not I'm not debunking you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, what what uh like the wager of the century? Like what I was talking about is so anyway they uh they looked at it and the guy who wanted depopulation, he was like, hey, they're not going to be able to function if they don't depopulate. Mm-hmm. And the other guy was like, no, they need to increase, their, if anything, increase the birth rate. And so they actually did increase the birth rate, and the country wound up thriving, doing better mm-hmm. than it was before. And what what wasn't accounted for is human ingenuity. Mm-hmm. And so let, let's say we, I don't think we are, there's massive amounts of land left in this world, there's massive amounts of land in this country. And then with the rise in technology, and where does that come from? Human ingenuity uh, we can go master environments. Uh, you can go out to the desert where nothing grows and have a greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, the the point of that the the wager of the century was to show that you know, hey, overpopulation of at least human beings. Uh, and I mean, how you want to define that? Also, that that's that's a, another issue. But uh, you know, they had even more people than before and and did even better. Um, and then the other sources I told you about, like, are, pe- are agen- groups that want to push that narrative, so those will p- folks will be convinced to uh, to not populate, so or repopulate. And, and again, I, I definitely I, I understand that 
pattern of logic, but some unanswered questions I feel like need to be addressed are like, well, what about the fact that a hundred years ago there was like less than three billion people world global population, and now there's close to eight billion. Yeah. Like that's a hundred years. That's that's like my my like grandma you know what I mean like that is not a lot of time for the human population to quadruple in size and if you think about like and exponential rate of growth uh, in the next 50 years what are we going to be looking projected at projected to be something yeah. like it's, I know it's projected to be over 10 billion. 10 billion and okay so there's that and there's also the fact that yes we'll probably be able to just stack each other on top of each other you know indefinitely until until we we've got these sprawling towers into space. Yes, human ingenuity could probably figure out a way to just keep having people, but do we have the resources and can we risk the impact that that would have on the, the, the measurable, verifiable, indisputable impact that that would have on the environment? If we were to colonize every square inch of land, air, and sea space, you know, just hypothetically with billions and billions of people because you know we start getting to like oh, underwater yeah. communities and you're, you're looking at a lot more real estate oh, we, have but, the tech, we have the tech for that but, by the way. but neither here nor there the point being that in order to sustain a population like that and in order to continue to to um, well yeah no just to, in order to sustain a population like that the amount of food that we would have to figure out how to make the um, very very profound impact that would have on all of the space that we have to clear all the native populations of plants animals insects that contribute to things like pollination that contribute to things like edible food like um the way that the rainforests uh contribute to the the global like uh, uh rain patterns and the the cooling of the planet you know things like that um, all of these systems that that rely on each other need to they can't just be chopped down and then put you know a neighborhood there and then the earth still be getting the same benefit is what i'm saying essentially so but, so how do we how do we rectify excuse me how do we reconcile the um harm done to our environment without to controlling justify, the population exactly well, well, to to justify like does it does it justify like do we just want so many people infinitely, infinitely, infinitely just stacked on top of each other, just like uh, is that is that what we want? Is that really what we want, or do or, we want to just like be responsible about our numbers and just like not chop down every tree on the planet and uh, inhabit every single square inch of livable real estate on the planet with human beings? Like, is that is that the goal? Is that the good good guys goal? Well, you got a long way to go before we're gonna be in every. I completely every agree. every inch. Of, I completely agree, but we're but he's saying, just the, hypothetically. But he, just I mean, like, he's he's of the mindset that there is there's a finite amount of space that we can occupy. And, but but and resources. there's there's an effort to uh, depopulate the earth already. Yeah. That, I mean, we can project. You know how many like, uh, I mean, at the numbers like that you just presented. You know, a hundred years ago to now. It doesn't seem like the depopulization of Earth is going is being very successful on their <laughs> no, you know, definitely um, not. And so, I don't. When, I don't when see is that as... idea going to be implemented? Like, when yeah. is is there going to be a 
a large global event, uh, a pandemic? Uh, is there, you know, that d- doesn't seem to be having much of an effect no. on uh, depopulization. So uh, that's that's kind of gets me to the point where it's like when we talk about these kind of conspiracies, it's like, well, they've had all this time. What's what? What, what are they waiting for? Mm-hmm. If 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 these, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, or so, can we work ourselves into a frenzy with these ideas and just become paranoid? You can always become paranoid. Yeah, yes, I was about to say, so, the rabbit hole so, uh, never ends. So, I, I don't, I'd say they've been, they've been pretty effective. So, I mean, okay, with so, what he's presenting about population getting to a point where it's no longer sustainable, and what you think is going to happen, we don't have to worry about that. Because before we even get to that point, they're going to they're gonna have a control of... They're going to depopulize the earth, and we, we won't even have to worry about getting to that point where we cannot sustain, basically. Do you think it's you inevitable, think. or do you think that we have a fighting chance to avoid this this uh, impending global catastrophe where we lose, you know, the the whatever amount of people to the powers that be? Is that, is, is that, is that, is the fear that there's no fighting chance, or is the fear that just not, just too many people are sleeping, essentially? Do you you talking about like the system that's being established right now? Yes. Or are you talking about okay, okay. Yes. Um uh, to 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 take like a for those in the you know, conspiracy realm, to take the black pill approach, which is like, you know, the, the harsh reality. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a part of me that thinks if I'm going that route that um this system, this global system, it'll be a global technocracy, um Eventually, if if it's successful, there won't be people groups. There won't be individual cultures. It's it's a like a, a meshing of everything together. You could say it's like a type of uh, alchemy, if you will, um, an amalgamation of, of of everything and everyone. Uh, so you're not going to have an identity um, anymore. You're not you're not going to have a past. What does it say in 1984? Those who control the present control the past. You control the past. You control the future. Something mm-hmm. like that. So you no longer have your identity. Yeah, that's a good book. I missed that book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're living in it. Uh, you don't have your identity. You you you, you don't know your past. You, you know anything. So they're just going to kind of give you an identity, and that identity might be, hey, don't procreate. Um, I think what they've done is is they've pushed the narrative out that hey, it, it, like I said, it went from overpopulation, and they morphed it into the climate thing. By the way, like to go to the climate route. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Another thing I want to touch base with on all of that is, I mean, the common consensus on each of those events is still, like, it's still agreed upon to this day. Though is the thing is like, like the ozone thing, it's it's sensationalism died, you know, with public interest. But like, we're still, like, the scientific community is is in general agreement about like the condition of the ozone, the condition of the uh, amount of carbon in the atmosphere, the acidifi- the acidification of the oceans, the uh, you know the deforestation, droughts, etc., uh, etc. Et so I mean, yes, there were sensationalized media events where it was like, everybody watch out, and then like the public interest died down, but the scientists never said, well, never mind. The people were just like. What was that? Well, we moved on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Like media sensationalism, I think, is contributing to this rise and fall of, of, you know, what's perceived as as a scientific, you know, consensus. But media sensationalism doesn't dictate what's true or false, as we can all 
agree. No, no we can agree, so, but they definitely do. A so I'm, good I'm just job throwing, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know if that's like well, uh, uh, <clears throat> comforting or not, but I know that I know that like if you talk to people in the scientific community or if you read what they're releasing, like it's it's stacking on top of each other. Like very very little of of the agreed upon science is being um, disputed. Um, for legitimacy, you know what I mean. Like it's reached the point that it's reached due to overwhelming consensus. Okay, well, there used to be a consensus that men would never fly. So consensus, <laughs> fair consensus, enough. Consensus fair isn't enough. always correct. Um, and there's been a lot of like scientific consensus that's been proved to be incorrect, or at mm-hmm. least. Well, that's also the nature of science, though. Yeah, no, it should be. It should be is to keep keep searching, but you. One thing I like to bring up about like like science, right? Well, right now, Corona is supposed to be the most the worstest, almost awful thing. Oh no! And that's the consensus of the scientific community. When in reality, I don't even know if it exists. I mean, that's a whole that's a whole other can of worms. Is if it, it does, is it the consensus of the entire science community? Because the ones that get put out there, I know there. I know there are some. Doesn't movies. the media pick and choose what they want to put out there? Oh, most definitely. So I, I don't. I I would of course like have to research, but. I don't think that's the consensus of the entire. No, no, not not the entire. I'm not, scientific I mean, I, community. Yeah, you can find doctors that have come out and lost their careers over yeah. saying, "Hey, this is not anything to shut down the yeah. world for." That's, yeah. Yeah, and and so so there we have to start drawing lines between what is medical consensus, what is uh, political, what is you know, because uh, because the way that, for example, like Texas. And the way that New York are handling the coronavirus are very different. And we can't say that some great scheme is at play here when, like, there's no consistency across the board. Like, there might be a bunch of individual schemes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or at least uh, in terms of, in terms of like, mandates and shutdowns and, and conditioning of, of mass population, you know, things like that. It's just, like, nobody can stay consistent. Like, nobody can, can actually do the thing. So, like, I think that if there's any dark forces at play that they got their work cut out for them because like just people's kind of general dumbness is is gonna make and stubbornness just the the general just like way people are (laughs) the way that people are collectively I should say um I think that that's gonna make any global domination uh uh, very, very difficult. Very, um, almost. I don't want to say impossible. You know, anything's possible. Um, but I'm really curious about what's so bad about like a global identity. Like, why is that even a bad thing? Like, why not just have one kind of money? Why not all just you know like have a have a global have a, culture where yeah. we're all humans. We're all. We're, we're, we're all belong to one you planet. Know, as well. Especially if we find out that, you know, we, we have the potential to visit with, like, interplanetary beings, you know. If, if, you're, if you're trying to explain to an interplanetary, you know, cosmic being that you're like, oh, no, I'm from Texas. That guy's from New York. We're very different. They're like, you know what I mean? So what's, to you, what is so bad about a mass, a one, one world nation, one world government? What is what is the worst thing about that? What is what are some bad things about that? Okay, well, I don't know how much time we have, but I'm yeah, curious. I curious uh, I, I'll, I'll keep going. I don't care, man. Uh, if you wanted to be done by seven, we have fifteen minutes. 
Uh, oh, if y'all want to keep going, whatever. I mean, this I like. I enjoy we, this. We might, yeah, we might have to to go ahead and cut it here before we just because we we've just been. Well, I mean, we, we have gone. We've gone. If you want to come back next week, like I don't know if we have any. Have a part two, man. Have, Dude, I would totally be down. Have for a guest. Uh, I don't know if we have a guest scheduled. I don't think we have one lined up. But so. uh, I mean, if you want to do part two next week, uh, yeah, we can definitely do that. But to end so on, we can't we can't forget one world government. Why is it bad? That's gonna be that's gonna be the the intro to to next week. Okay, give you some time to think on that. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I, I, yeah. it's like I can go on I'll right now. You, I'll tell you what I can do is if you can send uh, send me um, or send both of us some like information to do some homework on, so that we can come back and approach it at a more like case by case as opposed to like the the overlying principle because you know I can't really comment on something that I don't know yeah, the no. inner workings of so yeah. I'd rather I'd rather have kind of like allow myself to to consume some of this information kind of see at a, in a more more focused lens what some of these issues are what some of the red flags are what some of these things that are like hey you know you might have your opinions about what's going on here but this really needs to be paid attention to. You know, give us some of that, and uh, I can I can definitely commit to doing a little bit of homework and then just kind of seeing where where I land. You know, whenever we whenever we pick it back up. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good place to end it. Like I, I was I was really looking forward to what you were about to say <laughs> uh, about the you know what's so bad about a one yeah. world government because we are all part of this world. We're mm-hmm. all in this shit together. At the end of the day. Um, a big ass fucking asteroid isn't gonna care whether or not I'm from Texas and he's from Hong Kong doesn't give a fuck uh but so I think that's a great note to end it on we'll end it with some suspense because I really want to know what you what you have to say about that but we'll all have to hold on and the the listeners will have to hold on until next week to figure out what you're gonna say about that uh but we appreciate you guys as always and I appreciate you for for having me talking to us man it's uh, been very interesting Oh yeah. Sweet. Until next time.